It's Mosin at Large, episode 5. Hi, it's Jonathan Mosin with you. I appreciate you being back, tuned into the podcast again, iOS 13. Lucky for some, not for others. I've got my new iPhone 11 Pro Max. We'll talk about some of the best books of all time as defined by you and much more. Jonathan at MushroomFM.com is my email address. You can attach an audio clip to that if you prefer, or you can just write down an email and get in touch that way. You can call the listener line as well. 864-60-MOSIN is the number in the United States. 864-606-6736. I hope you've had a good week. I have had a week that has been eventful in many respects. The best of times, and I wouldn't say the worst of times, no, but certainly some challenges, yes. And I'll talk about that throughout the show as well. I know there'll be some interest in how the new iPhone is working out. It's a, it's a bit sad when you can offer people advice on the shipment of iPhones because you've done it so many times, you know the routine. So I'm on this site for IT enthusiasts in New Zealand, sort of an enthusiasm forum thing. And People were talking about, oh, I haven't received my tracking number from Apple yet. And I said, don't worry, old chap. You will certainly receive the tracking number between 8 and 9 p.m. on Thursday night. And then when you go to query that tracking number, you will find that the phone is, in fact, in the country. It'll be sitting in Auckland. And then uh, it'll go out for delivery. And what you have to do is, even though it's showing up as being from one courier, you have to put this tracking number into another courier website to track the final stage of the journey and oh my goodness I've just got this down so I was able to be the wise old idiot who has ordered far too many iPhones that talked people through this whole thing and sure enough this time of course it's different because I've been working from home for so long that in the past I've had my iPhones when shipped from Apple delivered to my home office wasn't the case this time I work in the central business district way up there. And so for the first time, I had my iPhone shipped to an office. And one of my staff brought it in at 9.28 a.m. And it was terrible, terrible, I tell you. I had a really full schedule. I had a committee meeting with um, one of the board committees in the afternoon. I had appointments. There was no way that I could afford the time to install everything on the iPhone and get it set up. So it was sitting there. It was almost like it was teasing me all day long. So in the end, I unboxed it from the big cardboard box it comes in. So I just had the, and and put that in the recycling. And then I just had the shrink wrapped Apple box. And that was able to be put away in my backpack. So it wasn't annoying me sitting there saying, open me. That's what it was saying. So I I opened it finally that evening. I still find... Now, I haven't done the new thing yet where you can either cable the two phones together or establish a wireless connection and dump all your data over, to be fair. I have not done that. But still, when you compare the benefits of using an iCloud backup versus an iTunes encrypted backup, the iTunes encrypted backup still wins... It's marginal, but it still wins primarily because the iTunes encrypted backup moves most of your passwords over. Not always. I was signing into Kindle yesterday and noting that, you know, Bonnie and I have this thing. We have a shared household account through Amazon and 
it means that we can read one another's books. So we have a big Audible subscription, you know, what the maximum one where you can get a set number of credits every year and use those throughout the year. And we have that on Bonnie's account. And then I just share it and we both get books from the one thing. And it comes up in my Audible account through this Amazon shared household account. But you have to set it up every single time you replace your device. It's pretty unfriendly. But generally... If you have an encrypted iTunes backup, most of your passwords do carry across, certainly for things like email accounts and that kind of thing. So there is still some merit in using the good old iTunes or whatever the equivalent is now on macOS, now that they've um, got rid of iTunes on macOS. Use that and um, send your data across back to the new phone. It did take me a little bit longer to set up because, of course, I'm running the 13.1 beta on my iPhone and so on my 10s Max. So when I did the attempted restore, it said, you can't do this, mizzen, it said, because this phone, this new phone of yours is running iOS 13.0. And on your other iPhone, you've got iOS 13.1. So before you can restore, you've got to upgrade. So I had to set the phone up as new, put the profile for iOS betas on my new phone, and then restore. Oi. Anyway, we got there in the end. What can I tell you about this new phone? People said to me, are you going to do a specific podcast? But honestly... There's not a lot new to demonstrate this year. I mean, I can't really demonstrate the camera <laughs> on a on an audio podcast. The camera bump is really distinctive. So if you pick up one of the new iPhones, and, and I've got the iPhone Pro, so it will be a bit different on the iPhone 11, but I think you'll still be able to feel the dual camera setup that that has there. Because with this phone, there are three quite distinct round blobs, for want of a better term. There are two going left to right towards the bottom. The The, the camera thing is still on the top right of the back of the phone. And then above that is another one. So it's, it's sort of like a, how would you describe it? Uh, maybe an inverted T, an inverted print letter T. But they're very tactually distinctive quite interesting the moment you get it out of its box and you put your hand on it you think wow (laughs) you can really feel the cameras and you can't help wondering what would Steve have thought and I know people say this all the time and it's kind of annoying but you do wonder what he would have thought of these tactile protrusions protrusions on the device um the speakers are louder and they I think they are slightly fuller I think there's a little more bass and a little more treble. I mean, bear in mind, you're not going to get super Sonos-type quality from a phone, are you? But yes, it's it's louder, and it seems to project a little better. I did have a chance to play with listening to a little bit of a movie and putting, you know, just sit, sitting centrally between the two speakers on the phone And yes, there's a kind of surround sound effect. It's quite good. Uh, I mean, again, if you've got a really nice pair of speakers or set of speakers for home theatre, you are not going to say, oh, I'm going to sell my Sonos or donate it to science. (laughs) But it's okay if you're 
sitting in a hotel room and you just want to watch a movie, it's definitely an improvement from anything they've had before. There, there, there is some sort of weird digital signal processing going on that creates this kind of cool spatial awareness. Is it so cool that most normal people would want to throw their iPhone XS or even 10s or 7s away or 8s? Then no, I wouldn't think so. But it's quite cool. It certainly is quite cool. It's another advantage if you're using an older phone and you're looking for reasons to upgrade. The big clincher so far is the battery life. It's insane! It's very, very good battery life. I mean, I was reading the Mac Stories iOS 13 review. <laughs> Merv Keck, I should say, sent me an email because we're going to be talking a bit later about the best book you've ever read. And you have to pick one book because that makes it challenging. Otherwise, I'm just going to get a long list of book or a long list of books, right? Though the, the one best book, and he emailed and Merv did and said, uh, it's iOS 13 without the eye. People are missing it. <laughs> In the absence of iOS 13 without the eye, the Mac Stories review of iOS is quite incredible. Even if you have your speech at a good clip, it'll probably take you around four hours to read it. And it's a little bit geeky, and I have to say a little bit verbose, and sometimes I feel like it's a little bit um, fanboyish. But there is some criticism as well. It's very comprehensive. If it's not in this review, with the exception of any accessibility things, which you just completely left alone, then it probably isn't in iOS 13, really, really good. So I was reading that. I had the screen on. I was downloading a lot of music from the cloud, and that really has everything going at full tilt because we're on 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi, so it was downloading a lot of data. I was really working this phone out very hard, and the battery life is is just super and if you do a lot of travel, if you're in a situation where you get a lot of calls, you have stuff to deal with during the day, this is going to be a significant upgrade for you, especially if you go for the 11 Pro Max. Now, what did I call it this year? I, I don't know when I started this, but I started realizing that calling it things like Jonathan's iPhone or whatever... Ew got to get imaginative so i had uh last year mine was max not 99 which is a bit of an obscure reference i suppose if you're young and you don't watch old sitcoms or whatever they whatever yes yeah it is a sitcom is it a sitcom maybe it's not a sitcom anyway get smart had maxwell smart and agent 99 so i didn't want to use max not 99 again bonnie has um Mad Max, which is also good. Sarah Hillis, hers is called I, uh, Lord iPhone Lord Tenarson, I think is the uh, thing she's called. So that's, that's clever. This time, I have called mine. My name is Maxie. <coughs> My name is Max, which is quite obscure. But when I was a kid, there was this old story that used to get played regularly about Maxie, the taxi driver, and how he picked up a bear and. Anyway, it's a great old story, and so it means something to me. And so if people ever see the name of my phone, you'll see that it's called My Name is Maxi. If you see a phone lurking about, displaying itself, flaunting itself on the Bluetooth ether, called My Name is Maxi, well, it could be me, or it could be you, if you choose to rip off my name. And I mean, I can't stop you. 
So that's what the, that's what the phone is called. My name is Maxi. Now, overall, I'm very pleased with the phone. I'm not so pleased with the phone that I think if I hadn't upgraded from a 10s to an 11 Pro Max, my life would just be so dismal. It's n- it's really really marginal, and I knew that it would be. But the battery life for me is worth it. I've done a little bit with the camera, but not as much as I was hoping to before I reported back into you on this. And the reason for that, I shall explain in just a moment. But we did take a portrait photo of Eclipse, the dog to Eclipse or dogs, because portrait photography is now possible with pets or, or animals, and it goes beyond humans. Being totally blind, I'm still getting my head around a lot of this stuff. And had I written iOS 13 without the eye, I would have had to become familiar enough to explain it. But as I understand it, with portrait you use multiple cameras to sort of create a blur in the background, which assists the visibility of the photo, makes it kind of look cool. Anyway, people have complimented uh, us on the Eclipse photo, so that's good. And it's working okay. One thing, I've made a few FaceTime calls because the front camera on this phone has been upgraded substantially. It's now a 12 megapixel camera. Oh, yes, and because of that, and a number of other technology changes. Face ID is fast. It is fast. Uh, I think there is a speed improvement in general with Face ID and iOS 13 anyway. But it is definitely really, really fast. I haven't yet experienced super wider field of view, but I'll play some more with this. It's not like you can leave the phone a long way away or anything, and and that makes sense because you have to authenticate. But Face ID is definitely faster. It's probably a little easier. I never really had any issues with it before, but I think it, it probably is easier to um, get the phone unlocked if you had problems with Face ID in the past. I found it just as easy to set up uh, as ever. But when I made a FaceTime call to Heidi, we tend to leave the lights off. Uh, I've got no light perception, and Bunny doesn't seem to mind, so we leave them off um, we might use HomeKit to toggle them on and off a bit to keep the burglars away or whatever, but I, we didn't really leave them off. And so uh, Bonnie said, uh, Heidi said that in low light conditions, the new eyesight camera on the front of these iPhones is working way better, that she was able to see me really clearly. The resolution was good. And so that could be a factor for you too. In my job where I have 22 offices around New Zealand, video is a way to keep in touch with staff and what I often do with video is before I'm going to go into a meeting I open the camera app and I sit in front with my iPhone in the little iPhone dock the Apple iPhone dock and I have that at my work and I make sure that voiceover is saying one face in center pretty much and then I know that I'm positioned correctly and that people are going to see me. And then I open whatever video app I'm using and join. Really cool. So knowing that the um, camera's better resolution and better in different lighting conditions, I am heartened by that. Now, I did have a very significant problem for me with this new phone. And it was so significant that for the first time, I considered the real possibility of having to return an iPhone. Luckily, it will probably not apply to you. And also, luckily, I think 
I am knocking so hard on the wood I got knuckle pain. I think I've got this sorted. You remember, don't you? You remember when the big controversy was in play about Apple taking their headphone jack away, I made the point that for people with hearing aids who sort of are working their phone to the max, going wireless is quite attractive, but it's also challenging because of latency and multiple wireless devices. Well, many blind people have reported that when using Bluetooth keyboards with voiceover, on their iPhone or iPad in conjunction with made-for-iPhone hearing aids. In many cases, the audio gets extremely choppy. And I'm saying so choppy in some cases that it's just unusable, it's inaudible, it's just horrible. And a number of us have set up a Siri shortcut that turns Bluetooth off and then, you know, waits a second or two and toggles Bluetooth on. And I have this. I had to set this up. And so I just say to Siri, initialize Bluetooth. And it goes, okay. And then hopefully things cleared up. Usually they did on my previous iPhone. You can sometimes switch the hearing aids off and back on again. That's another way to clear it up temporarily. Usually there was a workaround. When the problem manifested itself it was always for me at least in the previous iphone that the audio of voiceover got very choppy what i found with the apple magic keyboard and the iphone 11 pro max was that the audio from voiceover remained pretty rock solid there are a couple of blemishes in the bluetooth audio but but largely rock solid those blemishes in the bluetooth audio are something that affect sighted people too it's just the nature of the beast This time, the keyboard, in many instances, was just absolutely unusable. It would either not respond at all, and this is the Apple Magic keyboard, or it would insert random characters all over the place. Or, for example, it would repeat characters. So you could push VO right arrow to move one element through the screen. And all of a sudden you find that the thing is just going flick, 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 essentially, and you can't stop it. It was awful. And I contacted Apple Accessibility, who were absolutely fantastic. People at the front end there on support, they have a really, really tough job because generally when people call, they're frustrated, they could be feeling quite emotional, they could be feeling a bit of... um, antipathy towards the company they're calling, even though the individual responsible who's trying to help you did not write the code. So spare a thought for them. And I always try to do that. The guy I spoke to was fantastic and we opened a ticket and we worked through the issue and uh, I tried a number of things. I tried streaming silence or even just streaming an MP3 to see if keeping the audio channel open would help. I even tried powering off my Apple Watch because that's a Bluetooth accessory and I wanted to find out whether having that Bluetooth accessory out of the mix would help. Nothing helped. When I had this problem with the iPhone XS Max, I did try an old Logitech keyboard that I had lurking around, which is one of those ones where you can switch between three different devices pair with three devices and switch between them with the press of a key and it didn't really make any difference the audio was still choppy so I gave up on that 
in desperation, just to make sure I had covered all the bases, as the Americans say, I got that Logitech keyboard out late last night, feeling very despondent, thinking I'm, I'm going to have to return this phone, which would create a bit of a controversy because I've already given my other phone away to Henry, the wonder son-in-law. And I have been switching that Logitech keyboard on and off and really giving it a workout. And so far, I'm really knocking on the wood. It is very rock solid. It is actually more rock solid than anything I experienced with my previous iPhone and made for iPhone hearing aids. So at least for me, the problem has cleared up entirely now that I'm not using the Apple Magic Keyboard. And it's interesting because obviously this is an Apple product. It should work with an Apple phone and made for iPhone hearing aids. And I'm going to keep playing with this and I really hope I haven't jinxed it. But I am somewhat relieved that it appears that there might be a way forward for me um, other than returning the phone. So when you have all these assistive technologies trying to coexist, it is a real worry. It, it is a real worry, especially when you've got quite a vulnerable population. And if you're significantly hearing impaired and perhaps you struggle with technology and you've got this situation, it's a real issue. You know, it's a it's a real issue. So we'll see where that goes. But the fact that the behavior is so different in this iPhone compared with the previous one suggests to me that you know, there's something in the hardware that has changed. And I don't know whether they've tried to address this issue by making some sort of hardware change or whether it's just coincidental. But so far then, assuming that the Logitech keyboard continues to work and the problem was a little intermittent on the Apple keyboard, then this phone is a keeper. Jonathan Mosen, Mosen at Large Podcast. Hey, Jonathan, this is Mickey from Bismarck, North Dakota. Hi, Mickey. This past Thursday, I updated my phone to iOS 13. Really enjoy the newly added cool features. I think this will be a real good update. Woo! And what do you think? Of iOS 13, have you made the jump? Are you waiting because you've heard about the bugs, which I feel somewhat freer to talk about now that uh, iOS 13 is out? Apple acknowledges that there are bugs to the extent that they've moved forward their pretty aggressive release date for iOS 13.1. It was already pretty aggressive the 30th of September. Now they've moved it forward to the 24th. And I believe that the build of iOS 13.1 that I am running will be the final one, given that it's coming up this week. And I have to say, I don't really see much improvement at all from a voiceover user's perspective. The thing that is really frustrating me as somebody who gets a lot of notifications is the fact that focus jumps all over the place. All over the place. You flick right and you realize you've missed a whole bunch of notifications and there are a few other ones as well um there's actually a really really serious audio issue in ios 13.1 where people using certain sorts of external devices like headsets and yes made for iphone hearing aids and cochlear implants sometimes when you've finished a call you lose speech and it can be quite difficult to get it back oh boy as I have said before, there is more to life than technology, you know. I thought it would be fun to ask you for one 
book, if you had to pick one book, you know, they have this thing in the UK that's been going for yonks called Desert Island Discs, and you choose a set number of songs, and I think you're allowed to take one book onto a desert island. If you were stranded, what would be the music that you would listen to that you wouldn't get sick of listening to? And what would be the book that you take? So I thought we'd ask you about the book. What is your favorite book of all time and why? It could be in any genre. It could be just a great bit of fiction that just has you hanging on the edge of your seat. Well, it could be something that has been very impactful. I thought about it. For me, it would have to be The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. That has really changed my life, actually. Yeah, that, that, is, that is the single most important book that has changed my life for the better. So for me, there's no question that um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle is my, my ultimate read, the book that, it has, that has had the greatest impact on me. Now, Peggy Kern says, I still can't find anything in settings to make sure that the watch has permission to notify me about the level of sounds in my environment. Peggy's been tweeting multiply about this all week, and I don't understand why. Because... Don't you know when you're in an environment that's too loud for you and take remedial measures accordingly? I mean, if you feel uncomfortable because of the noise, then you move, don't you? I mean, seems to me a slightly nebulous feature. But who am I to judge, you know? Um, I believe it's supposed to be a separate app, but I don't know where it is either. I think it's supposed to be a noise app that you run. It certainly isn't on my watch. And when I installed watchOS 6, my initial thought on that was, well, maybe it's just not available in all markets. Wouldn't be the first time. Here in New Zealand, we don't have the News app, for example, from Apple on our iPhones. We have the Microsoft News app. We can download that from the App Store and the Google News app, but not the Apple one. So I thought it might be something like that, but I don't know. One thing I have noticed and I'd be interested to know whether anybody else is experiencing this, I'm getting much greater battery drain with watchOS 6 than I was with the previous iteration of watchOS. Joy Tilton says that for the first time in her iPhone life, due to still holding on to her iPhone 6 Plus, no updating. Oh, mate, well, I hope you get a new phone, assuming that that's what you want. On the subject of books, Andy is in touch. He says... One of my favorite books is Under the Dome by Stephen King. Anything by King is absolutely beautiful. Well, beautiful in Stephen King, that's an interesting combination there, Andy. I read The Lawnmower Man. That was my first introduction to Stephen King. It was so gross. I swore off Stephen King for life. Then somebody told me about... 112263 and because I'm interested in politics I thought I'll give this one a try and I loved 112263 it was a great book and I was enthralled by it from start to finish Bonnie read it as well but she slipped through the pound cake how could you sleep through the pound cake <laughs> so having revised my opinion of Stephen King as a result of 112263 I think it might have been Bonnie might have been Bonnie who recommended The Stand to me and at that stage they had published this extended version where there was a manuscript written and um, it was long and the editors cut it but then they decided they would 
do a version of the stand that was complete with all the taken out bits put back in. And I loved the concept of the stand as well. This awful viral thing that just wiped out most of the human race. But then it got really silly towards the end. Very sort of weird. And I thought, oh, he's lost me. Mosin at Large Podcast. Roger Stewart says, my all-time book would have to be The Lord of the Rings. Although it is actually three books. I find it great reading, inspiring, and shows how adversity can be overcome at great odds. Thank you very much, Roger. And of course, the Lord of the Rings movie, movies plural, were filmed here in New Zealand. And now Amazon's coming back and doing a Lord of the Rings series. And they've also chosen New Zealand for that. It's the mighty Quinn in Iowa. I don't think she's in Iowa at the moment, though. It's Pam Quinn. And she says, I'm listening today when I'm here in my room and recording when I'm not to pick up part of the show later. I'm at Leader Dogs in Rochester, Michigan, training with Leader Dog number five. Number five? Number five? Number five? Yeah. I got him this past Tuesday, says Pam. He's a male black lab named Simon. Simon! You don't see many Americans called Simon, do you? You don't. Simon's not a very common name in America, I don't think. Pam continues, he's a very sweet boy. Oh, unfortunately, I won't get to meet his puppy raiser because Simon was prison raised. Now, this intrigues me immensely. I didn't even know that raising guide dogs in prison was a thing. But I'm really happy with him, says Pam, and enjoying the training. We each have a soup drinker in a... Stop! in our rooms, and that's what I'm listening to your show on. We also each got a Victor Reader Trek, which is what I'm using to record today. Ooh. I guess I'd say that my favourite book of all time would be Gone with the Wind. Dude, that's a long movie, isn't it? I don't think I've read the book. I love the movie. Read all 13 volumes in Braille when I was in high school. And it was a book that left me wanting more. Such a shame, says Pam, that Margaret Mitchell didn't live long enough to write a sequel. Enjoying the show. And Simon Says. (laughs) Do they play Simon Says in America? You know, Simon Says. Anyway, Simon Says. He's listening too. Ah, okay. Hi, Simon. Simon. Hello, boy. Hello, Simon. Simon. Yeah, tremendous. Now, Chris Mannix, he's listening in the great state of Maine. And his favorite book of all time would be Charlotte's Web. And I think this is a title that many people might consider to be their favorite book of all time. It's lovely, isn't it? It's a good read. It's kind of sad at the end, but it's a lovely book. Robin here Hello, from Robin. Warwick in the UK once again. Still. Just a very quick uh, couple of suggestions. There was some chat last time about preferences in iPhone K 
cases and I have an iPhone 8 which has a glass back. Love the silky feel of the glass front and back and I know that all the new models do too and I prefer an ultra slim metal bumper case and the one I've got is by Humix, H-U-M-I-X-X. If you just search for Humix lightweight metal bumper with inner shock absorption, you could put that on the end as well, but you can probably just search for Humix, H-U-M-I-X-X. It's super sexy. It feels really nice. It almost feels like this is how the phone was designed because it's so slim. It has a quite hard um, rubber feeling, but kind of hard, somewhere between hard plastic and rubber lining to the aluminium bumper. And that's what snugly fits against the phone. And that's what protrudes ever so slightly front and back. And that's what makes contact with the table or whatever it is, or the ground if you drop it, if you drop it face first, for example. And that's what protects it. It gives it some protection because obviously if there was a piece of grit or something of any size on the floor, then that wouldn't protect it from that. But as far as landing on corners or sides, it's got really good protection there. And that's ever so slight rubbery feeling. Um, is what stops it slipping off surfaces, etc. when you put it down flat. So I would strongly recommend Humix, and they come for all different phones. And that was a grand total of £7.99. Now, also, there was talk about charging, Qi charging, and also Face ID. Now, one of the issues is that you have to pick it up to get it to unlock and recognise your face. Well, I use on my iPhone 8, which has Qi charging, a RAV Power wireless fast charging Qi charging stand. So if you just search for RAV Power Qi charging stand, one word is RAV Power, R-A-V-P-O-W-E-R, and that was £14.99p, and it's about four inches high, slanted from the vertical with a nice rubberized base. So when you pop your phone on it, it can't help but be tilted at a slight angle and firmly fixed in place so that it won't slide off and it will definitely be charging. There's absolutely no doubt that it will be charging properly. And because it's tilted from the vertical, it can be looking at you all of the time. So that might solve the problem with the face ID having to pick it up off the bench. And if you then wanted to have a certain timed lock on your phone, then that will solve that problem because as soon as you pick it up off the stand, it automatically unlocks or rather it it's like pressing the power button when you take it off the stand. And then because of the angle that you're taking it off, it's going to be looking at your face. So it will automatically unlock every time you just lift it off the stand to use it. So that's what I'd recommend there. And finally, while I've got you... AirPods, absolutely brilliant, aren't they, AirPods? Well... Not for me, when but you're yeah. <laughs> out, if you don't want one to get flicked away by a leaf brushing the side of your head or something or somebody lifting them out of your ears, I would recommend a brilliant silicon strap by Vimvip, V-I-M-V-I-P. And Vimvip do this... Um, it's actually a glow-in-the-dark fluorescent strap. So if you don't keep it in your pocket all the time and you keep it out where it can look at the sunlight, then at night you'll have a glowing strap connecting your two AirPods. And it's brilliant because it's easy to slip on. So it's like about a foot and a half, about the thickness of an audio cable, but springy, just a you know nice silicon strap 
circular in cross-section and, as I say, about the thickness of an audio cable. And on each end are little silicon collars that you can easily slip onto your AirPods after you've taken them out of the case. It takes half a second to slip an AirPod into each side and it takes half a second to tease the collar down the stem with your fingernail if you want to then pop them back into the case to charge up when you're not using them. Or if you want to talk to somebody or not be listening to anything, then just let them dangle on your collarbones on this strap or tuck them into your t-shirt and then they're safe and sound. But I find that that adds a lot of reassurance and I'm able to comfortably and confidently wear my AirPods out and about with that lovely strap VimVip. And it was for a pair of them. It comes in a pack of two, £6.38p. There you go. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah. Back to you. Thank you, Robin. And that's great because if anybody was thinking, we are almost three months to Christmas, so if anybody was thinking, what shall I get Jonathan for Christmas this year? You've got some ideas. Not the AirPods, though, because I don't wear those being a hearing aid wearer myself. But I've come to the conclusion, sadly, that the UK must be an incredibly unsafe place. A lot of people that I talk to in the UK seem to be paranoid as all soup. I'm sorry. Paranoid as soup about people stealing things. I've never seen anything like this anywhere else. I remember when I worked for Ira, people were saying, oh, you can't have your phone out because people take it out of your hands. And now Robin's talking about if people actually steal the very AirPods right out of your ear. What the heck? Boris, you need more police on the beat. Dude. Yes, yes, get those police on the beat. Dude. Very strange. Now, I agree, Robin, that a wireless charger that tilts is great. I've stopped using my wireless charger by the bed now that I have the new iPhone 11 Pro Max because it comes with an 18-watt charger. What, 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 what? It does. And you plug that in and it charges from zero to 50% in half an hour, which is much faster than any wireless charger. Dude! Yeah. You should get that, Boris. But I do have a wireless charger here in the studio and it's a Samsung one. And it tilts, so I can just lean and unlock the phone because it's on an angle, it's on a tilt, and it's a lovely, good, grippy charger, the Samsung one, but I don't think it's as low-priced as the one that you mentioned. As for cases, no, no. no. Joy Tilton says, ever since I was a kid, my favourite books have to be the Little House series. Oh, Laura Ingalls Wilder, of course, yes. Rebecca says, I went to a Verizon store and looked at the iPhone 11 Pro. The camera on the Pro is amazing. I can see such a difference. I was planning on updating to the 11, but I'm now considering the Pro instead, even though it's way more expensive. Treat yourself, Rebecca. You know you deserve it. You know you do. And if you do a bit of the old photography, snap, snap, grin, grin, then yes, I think it probably is uh, worth your while, especially the video seems to be pretty impressive as well. I must try and do a bit more with the camera stuff. Not only is, of course, their their good facial recognition with voiceover, but also you now get told when the phone is level, which is a very nice thing. So it gives you additional confidence to take photos. I don't know whether you feel this way, but I have always been a bit reluctant to publish photos on social media that I can't personally verify. You know what I mean? You take a photo and 
by all accounts, it seems okay, but you don't know, do you? You don't, as a totally blind person, you don't know. But I I should get over that, you know, because these days I'm kind of getting better at it. And of course, you can put the photo through additional verification through services like Seeing AI or Envision. Hi, this is Sean Theo. Wanted to comment on iPhone cases and also some efficiency no, withdrawals not things cases. that have come up in well. the first episode of this podcast. Um, I have an iPhone XR and have found that with some of the thinner phone cases I was trying, um, I didn't feel like I had a lot to grab onto. And I have repetitive strain issues in my hands. And so I found OtterBox has this wonderful thing called the Otter Pop. Uh, I believe it's a series of cases, but this is the only one I saw in my local Best Buy. And what it is, is it's an OtterBox case, a very thin, it doesn't have quite as much protection as some of the other ones, and it has a pop socket stand in it. And if you're not if you're not familiar with these, uh, it's a small round disc that you can pull, and it has two kind of levels of extension. Um, and it just gives you a way to hold the phone between your fingers and, and in a much more comfortable way. But even so, the outside of the case is just easier to grab onto. The phone has a little more weight, and there's more to grab onto. Jaws and efficiency. There's a lot of power in the speech and sound schemes. And for efficiency at work, I've done a couple of things. And, of course, I liked them, so I transitioned them to home as well, or at least some of them. One of them is I have assigned a sound that plays for links, so when I get... Um, it's kind of like what KeyWeb on the Pulse Data, you know, and HumanWare Braille notes used to do, where when you did a read all of a web page, it would play a beep at the same time as it said the link that it was reading. Except that this has the benefit of even working when you're down arrowing through a page. Yes. Um, so I find that very helpful. The second thing I've done is I've taken the word level out of the heading um, elements. So that it will say, you know, Mushroom FM heading level, heading one, for example. Um, partly because it's quicker, it sounds a bit like window eyes, actually, but also because it lines up better with the commands from JSA, from HeartGen Consultancy, and I hope I have not just started a whole bunch of raft of questions about, <laughs> about JSA. I apologize if I have, but um, it does line up better with the commands that Brian has for moving next heading one, um, you know, so on. And it was annoying to say next heading one only to then hear Jaws put the word level in there when I didn't want it. The third thing I've done is I've assigned sounds to the checked and unchecked state of items, and it makes working with forms much quicker to hear the name of a radio button and then the sound to tell me, okay, well, this is already checked. I can skip past it. So... There's a lot you can do in there. For those working, I do encourage you to go in and see what kind of fun things you can do with control types, um, with states of controls. There's a lot you can do. You can change how capitals are announced. If you're using dictation, it's important to know when all caps are being used or are not being used if that's what you want. So um, lots of things you can do in there, and uh, it's it's a fun way to... Uh, make jaws more efficient and more uniquely yours so thank you so much for putting the podcast together i don't always catch the show so it's nice to get your thoughts sean mate it gladdens my heart more than i can tell you and i i'm not saying this in any way to be patronizing at all it gladdens my heart more than i can tell you that a, a young fella like you gets efficiency 
I do several of those same things. And it's one of the things, one of the many things that makes yours by far a superior choice when you care about your productivity and just getting things done efficiently. All those time savers add up. They really do over the course of a workday. So well done. Here's Bruce Taves. He gladdens my heart too. He says, my favorite fiction book of all time would be 112263, just barely in blocked capitules, edging out hitchhikers. That's Guide to the Galaxy, of course. No other book, he says, captured my imagination in quite the same way. Jonathan Mosin, Mosin at Large Podcast. Hello, Jonathan. This is Gary. Gary! Uh, apologies for my croaky voice. I'm recovering a bit from the lurgy. Occupational hazard, um, I thought. On your question about the book, um, on the Desert Island Disc show, they get the complete works of Shakespeare and the Bible and then one other. And, of course, it's an impossible question if you read books like, like we do. Um, so I thought the measure for me was what book can I remember that had a huge impact that sort of somehow stopped me in my tracks? And I do remember this one particular book that, for whatever reason, at that moment in time or whatever it was, and I read it, I think, pretty much in one sitting. I think it was a long-haul flight, actually. And I got off the plane and I couldn't think about anything else and I felt as if I'd been thumped in the stomach after reading this book. Uh, I can't explain why. Anyway, the book was The End of the Affair by Graham Greene. Uh, and I'm a big Graham Greene fan. I love all his stuff. His short stories are fantastic. Uh, his other novels are, are excellent as well. Terribly painful, terribly sad in many ways, lots of it. But The End of the Affair, um, I think, was uh, one of those great books that knocks you for six, as it were. Look after yourself, Mace. Um, vitamin C, garlic, maybe a bit of brandy if you're partial to that. Brandy and lemon, hot. You gotta look after yourself, man. You really have. Thank you for that recommendation. Uh, I shall, I shall try and track that book down. We like to listen to the bananas. Daylight come and we want more. They're more entertaining than their old manners. Daylight come and we want more. Come, Mister Mosenman, bring on the banana. Daylight come and we want more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Banana Report, a feature of the show which is becoming all too scarce. And so for those who are fairly new to the show, what we did very regularly at one point is we had this feature called the Banana Report, so-called because there's a bunch of my kids, four of them, and we just sort of chat about what was going on. But these days they're sort of older and spread around the place and we still have Heidi and Richard uh, coming pretty regularly here, so I suppose we should just make more of an effort. But, you know, they're not as cute as they used to be, except for David. He's still as cute as he used to be, direct from Invercargill in the deep, dark South Island. Hey, I'm David Mosen. You may remember me from such segments of the banana. So you report. can't even remember the line anymore. Look, I'm out of practice. Yeah, but we're you're getting out of back practice. Yeah, how are things in Invercargill? Oh, mate, I'll tell you, it's cold all Dude. the time. Yeah, yeah. And for those who don't know, you are now 19. I am 19. Tremendous. Today, 
we went to government house for your ceremony. You were the you were the key person. You were like the guide person. I was. So they let me choose I was a, a family like, member. I was a bit like the um the uh, the North Star in the Bible. Oh right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't give me any myrrh. Uh, Never really saw the point of myrrh. <laughs> Murder. Yeah, myrrh. Yeah, so yeah, how did it come to be actually that you were the one? So Heidi said, "Well, I'll do it if you'd like, but you know, take take you up to the Governor General, and you know, you get up in the little dais thing and and get the insignia." Um, and Heidi said, "I'll do it, but I do a lot of these things, and so if somebody else really wants to do it, that's okay." And then Richard, he he was pretty relaxed either way, like Richard generally is, unless he goes on a Richard rant. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. And then Nicola wasn't interested at all, your younger sister, and you were very keen. Wait, was I the last one you asked? No, I was just polling everybody. Oh right, okay. Well, yeah, I was keen. Yeah, you know, always there to represent. You know, number one. <laughs> Why were you keen to go up there? Oh, I don't know, because I'm proud of you and I wanted to be a part of it. Oh, that's very nice. What was your sort of perception of the ceremony and the occasion? And you, you got the back room view, you know, when you came in with me when I got the briefing. Yeah, and... I got to see all the behind the scenes, which is good. It was very flash, and I just really wanted to Flash not... is probably an expression a lot of people listening to the show don't know. It uh, means kind of very elaborate and fancy, doesn't it? And, yes. Yeah. It it was very elaborate and fancy, and I was trying not to mess anything up and just kind of stand out of the way. But um, it was, everyone was really nice and very helpful. And yes, it went very smoothly. Yes, they they were very nice, and you were most taken with the voice of Hewitt Humphrey, who was the master of ceremonies. Oh, yes, and he's got that authoritative. He does voice. Yes, I'm not even going to attempt to replicate it because it is. It, it it's something else, man. I I was breathtaking. <laughs> no, he just opens his mouth and starts talking about dragons, and I was like, "Holy bleep, dude! Holy soup! Is, oh, holy soup!" Oh, yeah. Don't mean to down. swear on the. Yeah. None of that. Now you're also really major into photography and oh. and vid and things. What is your professional opinion? Because you're actually studying film and. Thing. So, you know, you work a lot with cameras. Mm. What's your professional opinion about the iPhone 11 Pro? Well, I what I've noticed that all that's really different is that it has a wide-angle lens. And when it comes to the whole cinematography side of videography, um, wide-angle is not the way to go. So that's more for a practical sense rather than a to-look-good sense. But don't you agree that assuming it's exposed to third-party apps like ira and object recognitions and the barcode reading apps especially this is what interests me because those barcodes on packages they're not always in the same place yeah that is and they're tiny so if you've got a wide angle lens and assuming that third-party apps can tap into that for the barcode reading that would make finding the barcode so much easier right because it's scanning a wider field of view yeah no it definitely would yeah um yeah i 100 percent agree with that that would that is what I see to be probably the most useful, yeah. Well, let's hope for that, that lens, yeah. on the iPhone, yeah. And, and what kind, an what kind of things are you doing in your course? Well, currently, I've been set the task to write, shoot, and edit a music video. Oh, cool! For a um, for a band from in Auckland, from Mainz, the music school, and so that's what I am currently up to. But I've also done stuff such as a TV style interview. So 
I went and I found a sports professional and I interviewed him about kickboxing and that was a good time. And I've also been working on a lot of other students' projects because second years and third years, they make a lot of short films. Hmm. And so I've been helping out on a few short films and that's actually how I broke my wrist. We've also been talking about if you had to pick one book that you would recommend, what would that book be? And Kathantran says, if you let me choose only one book, I will choose Sapiens by Yuval Nova Hare, as it teaches me the past, present, and the immense possibility of the future. It is a must-read for the entire human civilization. Whoa, that's quite the recommendation. Bat says, one of the books that makes me feel grateful that I am in the US, even though the politics is messed up, is Brave New World. I'm so happy I am not living in that messed up universe. Kathy Blackburn in Austin, Texas, says my one book is a comic road trip novel. It's called Handling Sin by Mike Malone. It's available on Bard. The main character, Raleigh Hayes, is a straight-laced insurance agent whose extended family consists of many eccentric characters. At the beginning of the story, our hero... Oh, she's really getting into this narrative. At the beginning of the story, our hero learns that his father, who had been in the hospital with heart problems has checked himself out of the hospital and left town with a black teenager nobody knows. The father sends Raleigh a set of instructions and the adventure begins. I first read the book on cassette before Bard existed. I was so sad about having to return the book to the library. I bought a print copy over 600 pages and scanned it. When I got the iPhone 4, I bought the iBooks version and read it on the iPhone. When the bad version came out, I downloaded that and read the book again. Hi, Jonathan. It's Susan Constantine. Hello, Susan. The book I loved was Sacagawea, who was a Shoshone Indian who guided Lewis and Clark in their expedition. As far as the update on my XR... It's a bit buggy. I do love activities and voiceover. I now am using six different voices and different apps on the phone. That's interesting. And every once in a while, the speech changes right in the middle of the sentence. But that's okay. (laughs) It's only voices. Bonnie Mosin. Hello. In the studio. With the eclipse that's squeaking her toy. The first thing I want to ask you is, as a woman of the world in the context of guide dogs, mm-hmm. do you know anything about the idea of guide dogs being raised in prisons? Yes, it's called, um, the, one of the programs is called Puppies Behind Bars. Okay. And there are, seeing I doesn't do it, I think, Leader, Pilot, Southeastern, and there may be 
another school or two, but those are the three that I know do it. I mean, they have to have certain criteria with the prisoners. It can't be like, you know, well, Charles Manson raising a, well, he's dead, but, you know, like a serial killer raising a puppy. (laughs) But um, they raise the puppies and they do the whole um, eclipse is commenting on this. Mm. Um, Squeaking a squeaker. Squeaking her toy, yeah. She Mm. has a snow leopard that has a crinkle in it. She hasn't upgraded to mountain lion. Not yet. Mm. She's still on snow leopard. Right. And um, they, the puppies, because the, the biggest concern is the puppies not getting enough socialization in the in the world, you know? Because, you know, you can't really go Yeah, but anywhere. aren't there certain places where you'd prefer them not to have socialization? Oh, <laughs> well, they're very closely. I mean, I, I personally, you know, I'm happy with the puppy raising program that my school has chosen. But... Um, they there is some strict criteria. I think it has to be a minimum security prison, um, and it's supposed to really help the inmates too because they, you know, learn how to take care of something and bond with something, and they may not mm. have had those. So it's a rehabilitation yeah. Yeah. type thing. They also do it with some horses, where inmates have worked with horses. And they find it very therapeutic. The concern that I would have is they aren't getting the socialization as far as going to, you know, restaurants and that sort of thing. But they do have families that take the puppy on the weekend. Right. So they actually live in the prison. They live in the prison, yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's again, a very interesting I, thing. Yeah, again, I think they're minimum security. So right. some prisons are not quite what you think of as lock up lock down 24 7 the prisoners a lot of them have jobs you know they're they do have to work in the prison system so the puppies would go to work with them in the kitchen or the library or on the grounds or whatever the but they a lot of them i think are women's prisons so a lot of women raise them and some i know pam said she wouldn't meet her puppy raisers but um on facebook she said that was simon but some of them have actually gotten to talk to them on the phone I knew someone that got their dog from, I think, Southeastern. Right. And they were able to have a conversation with uh, the Razor on the phone. So I guess it has its pluses. You know, like I said, I'm happy with what my school does. But, you know, I can see It does sound like a very worthwhile thing to do, though, if it's properly controlled. It really does sound like a great contribution to the community. And they do raise them for other organizations as well, like assistance dogs. Yeah. I, they probably are not raising them for drug detection in the prison. I don't know, but you know. Hmm. But um, yeah, puppies behind bars has been around a long time. There you go. Several years, very many long time. We have had a busy week. Yep. And before we get on to the main, I guess, event of the week, I should say that I got into the cab. We've got this cool routine that works some of the time when I'm leaving my office and Bonnie is leaving hers at about the same time and she starts the taxi and it stops and picks me up on the way. And then we go back to Mosin Towers. Yes, it's good. It's a cab pool, yeah. And on Wednesday, I got in the cab and I, I don't know, just sort of tapped my pocket as you do, sort of, and I thought, boy, something's missing in my life. And it was the keys, my keys for the house. And I also have a little attachments that has two hearing aid batteries. So I am never without a hearing aid battery. And I said to Bonnie, I either forgot to take my keys this morning or I've lost them. And 
I got home, had to wait for Bonnie to unlock the door because I didn't have my keys and went upstairs and rummaged around in the drawer that I keep the keys at night and they were not there and I went through it with a fine tooth cone and oh, I was very annoyed about this. And this is where this is where Bonnie and I definitely have a difference of style or substance or something because she starts with these questions like when did you have them last? So like if I knew when I had them, I'd go and get them, wouldn't I? No. I said, what sort of stupid question is this? And she said, it's not a stupid question. It's not. It's if, not a stupid question. If qu- you went missing, hmm? the cops, that would be the first question they asked me was, where did you see him last? Or when was the last time you saw him? And their next question would be, what was he wearing? Yeah. It would. Don't you ever read police? Nope. Procedural? Too, too, too busy reading life-changing books. And then, of course, Bonnie makes a very good point. And I have to say, she made the point in a fairly diplomatic way. She said, did you by any chance have a tile on the key? So I'm thinking, no. Then I get angry with myself because I think, you know, this technology dude, why the soup? I mean, that's how strongly I felt about it. Why the soup did I not put a tile on these keys? Why? And I'm thinking, where could they possibly be? So I'm rummaging around in the closet because I did remember looking for something in the closet. And I was sort of on all fours looking there. And I thought, did it fall out in the closet? So I'm rummaging around there. That's that's a place you don't want to rummage around too much. No, we need some Marie. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I'm thinking, where could it possibly be in the house? And it was just so annoying. And I mean, in the wider scheme of things, it's not the end of the world because you could get another key cut or whatever. But I just, it was the... You feel violated when you're... Well, I guess, and it's the principle of the thing, uh, being so stupid as to lose them. And then I checked my work email, and there was a message saying that... uh, because we, we have a building. It's a very tall... How many floors? About 10 or 11 floors? I think so. And so we've got a lot of people in our building. And the building people sent a message to say that a set of keys had been handed into reception. And... The way they described it, it sounded like, you know, a typical set of keys where you might have a car key and a garage key and, a, you know, and that's not what I lost. But I thought, it, there's hope, dude. So next morning, I said to my assistant, can you can you go and have a look and, at these keys and here's what I lost? So he came back and he said, now describe these keys because... They need to be absolutely sure that they're yours. And I said, ah, oh, they've got a little attachment with two hearing aid batteries. And he said, and I said, there's a house key. And he said, and what musical symbol is attached to the key ring? And I said, mate, if there's a musical symbol attached to my key ring on the fob, I have no idea what it is. He said, it's the Beatles. Oh, I thought, oh, it must have been something that one of the kids had given me for Father's Day or something. Yeah. And I just attached to the key ring and forgotten that it was the Beatles. So I actually got the keys back. And David was here for my investiture. So he and Richard got together for the morning. And so I called them up and I said, come to my office, boys, and I'll buy you lunch. And we're going on a mission. So I bought them lunch at the food court. And then we went to the JB Hi-Fi, and I bought a two-pack of tiles. And we've fused the two key rings I have together because I have an office key ring as well with a little swipe card that gets me access to everywhere. 
and my personal keys were fused them together, you know, and then we put a tile on them and I put a tile in my wallet as well. Cool. Yay. What a narrow escape. But it had a happy ending. But I still think your line of questioning is annoying. No, it's good. It's annoying. One of the things that I've always been amused about is that the Americans, the Americans, fought a war to basically get the royal family out of their lives. Get out, royal family. But they're more fascinated with the whole pomp and circumstance and pageantry of the royal family than anybody, I think. And and to that end, we had my investiture Mm -hmm. on Thursday. Tell us about that from your perspective. It was really nice. Um, Government House is where the Queen's representative lives. And currently it's Dame Patsy Reedy, Dame Governor General, Her Excellency, Dame Governor General Patsy Reedy, and her husband, Sir David. And we learned that Patsy is a distant cousin of Helen Reddy. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't that it? That was very interesting. Give us a tune. And of course, when you meet, you, you address her as your excellency. Yeah, yeah. And the minute we walked in, because you and David went in before us so you could get the briefing, and the second we walked in the door, the staffer, whoever was making sure he went in, oh, she's going to be so excited, a dog's here. <laughs> she loves dogs. And there she was talking about their dog, Coco. And so uh, Coco what, the Poodle. Coco the Poodle. Coco the Poodle. Yeah. yeah. And um, they think she may have been the first guide dog to come to an investor. Oh. And um, I was surprised there wasn't security, really. You know, I mean, there there I mean, is at the gate. Oh, okay. There, there is a, that's where you have to authenticate yourself. Yeah. But so, I mean, and the gate is at the top of a very long drive. It's like a kilometer long. Yeah. So that's where the security takes place. And they, yeah, they but there wasn't like you know. Metal detectors. Men and guns and soldiers and stuff. They gave a little briefing on how it was going to work, and then there was a guy playing a piano. It was a big ballroom, and they had chairs set up, and um, it was amazing. They kept it small, which was nice, so it wasn't sort of a conveyor belt. Yes, I think they they have 12 recipients per ceremony, I think, or roughly that. There are about a dozen of us. Yeah, there were 16. 16, was it? Yeah. Oh, you're very observant. Yeah. Yeah, 16. And I must say, uh, they were incredibly kind and accommodating without it all being over the top or patronizing. Um, They just asked what my requirement was. Mm -hmm. One of my colleagues at work told me that Government House recently won an accessibility award. And it's very accessible. And what I also appreciated was that they had a really good hearing loop. So Mm -hmm. for those who don't know, you can switch hearing aids usually to this T-coil mode. And if you are in an environment that's truly accommodating of hearing impaired people, uh, you will get a very clear sound. And they had something connected. They had a hearing loop connected to the sound system. So it was wonderful just being able to sit there without stress and really enjoy the ceremony. And, of course, they brief you. There's there's a lot of protocol involved in these things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they were very clear. David came up with me. He did a great job. And uh, what we thought we'd do, we thought we'd play the bit of the ceremony where uh, I was being investitured. Invested? Invested. Invested. Are you invested? 
Inductive. So there's a bit there's a bit of visuals, but when we get to the visuals, I will try and describe what's happening. So I will I will say that just the other people that got the um, honors were very deserving of them as well. There were some really impressive people who had contributed a lot to the community in arts and conservation, sports, uh, mental health, just a lot of things. And there was a lady that uh, went up before, right before you. And she has a, a very rare genetic disease. It's a, unfortunately a life-limiting disease. And she started a rare disease uh, organization in New Zealand. Oh. And she was in a wheelchair. And then there was a, an elderly gentleman. And he, um, what did he do? I, I think he may have done something with mental health on the South Island. A lot of people from the South Island. And he was walking quite slowly. So, yeah, they were very accommodating to people. They were, and I I guess a number of things were going through my head. Um, I thought a lot about my parents and especially mm-hmm. my dad, and it was almost as if he was there. Yeah. It was so real. It was almost hard to keep it together thinking about that mm-hmm. and um, how he would have been so pleased. And it was really humbling to be a part of that group, you yeah. know. Well, wow, so I'm here too. <laughs> yeah. uh, so here is the little bit of the ceremony that says my – my investiture. The master of ceremonies is Hewitt Humphrey, who is a very respected broadcaster. I think he may have recently retired, but I'm not sure. I think he has. And uh, so here's, here's how it goes. And there is a bit of silence, and I'll try and remember what happened during the silence. Beats. Mr. Jonathan Mosen of Wellington for services to the blind community. Jonathan Mosen has been chairman of the Royal New Zealand Foundation of the Blind and president of the Association of Blind Citizens New Zealand. As Pulse Data's blindness product marketing manager, he managed the development of Braille Note M Power, a device that's helped the blind succeed in education and employment. He's participated in and managed blindness specific internet radio projects, and he produces several podcasts about issues facing New Zealand's blind community. His company, Out of Sight Limited, offers product management advice training and e-books and audio tutorials to assist blind people with accessing and using modern technologies. Mr. Mosen is now Chief Executive of Workbridge Incorporated. And just towards the end of that citation reading, that's the citation for the honour, you start to move up towards the dais where the Governor-General, Her Excellency Dame Patsy Reddy, is present. You step up. She speaks to you quite quietly, has a a very brief conversation, and then pins the medal, which in this case is a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit, on your left lapel of your jacket. It's quite heavy. It's it's, It's a beautiful medal. And then you face the photographer to have a photo taken, um, which then becomes the official photo. And when when all of that's done, you get the round of applause and you walk back to your seats having received the honour. So that's how it went down. We had uh, all the children there, which was really special. And then we went out to lunch. Yeah, and they had little foods in the the Governor General's house. They had some finger sandwiches and macaroons that were really nice. And they had champagne and lemon cordial. Quite nice lemon cordial, I have to say. I mean, it's not the sort of stuff you just, you know, make from a sachet. No, it was very nice. And (laughs) um, we all all got some photos. There was a room that was completely white. 
It's actually designed, according to the historian, like the Tui. So the curtains are blue, and then the like the feathers, and then the carpet is white, and the furnishings are white, like the Tui's under feathers or something. Um, would not want to spill anything in that room. I've never. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people love having white furniture, and it is quite nice. But man, you know, man, don't keep, get let the kids get on it. Or the adults either. Um, <laughs> but then we went and had our photo taken with the governor general, and she was very nice. And she said, oh, Eclipse was so good during the ceremony I was watching. It's <laughs> like, what in the world? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the dog always trumps everybody, no matter. It's like dogs and babies. <laughs> the interesting thing, says Andy, about Bad is they seem to be offering more and more yes, commercial audiobooks from what I've seen yes. and from what people tell me. Very good thing indeed. Why are you sounding so derisive about that, eh, Bunny? Why? Why? I really like the old bard narrators. I like Audible. Don't get me wrong. It's okay. a great thing I'm to have. You. But I do, don't. Yeah, performed by. You're not performing. You are reading a book. Right. And I don't like that. I don't like having two or three people reading and I don't know. I'm just. Yeah, they have turned into performances yes. now, haven't they? And and there was somebody the other from Bard or some Audible book actually, and the person did say read by, and it was actually the author. And she did. There is one Audible narrator that I really like. Her name is Julia Whalen, I think mm-hmm. it is, and she's read several books that I've listened to. And she's probably I don't know what she is as far as her profession. Probably professional voice talent or narrator. Yeah, or something, but yeah. she's really good. Now, the man who said, this is audible all those years right. ago, he died recently. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a he shame. He makes me think but, of that, this is CNN. Yeah, this is, who said that? That's James Earl Jones. That's, he, what a great voice he had. It was so funny when David heard Hewitt Humphrey's voice and yeah, said, wow. Yeah. He turned to me and said, dude, this guy's got the best voice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I just want to say before I talk about books that yeah. how proud I am. Of you for your award last week. And oh, thank you. I hope you. that there will be many, many more. Well, thank you, sweetie. It was a wonderful surprise, and it's been it's been nice. And I have to say also that my wonderful colleagues at work totally surprised me. And on Friday morning, they had put together not just a morning tea to celebrate, but a low carb morning tea and there were cheeses and salami and all sorts of wonderful things and it was just such a kind thing for them to have done here's maria maria from new york from new york she says i'm a leader dog client interesting the terms that yeah. agencies use isn't See, it we're what, graduates at seeing i we're grads right so i guess different schools say different and I like customer. I don't like client. That's some a discussion I'm having. Anyway, anyway, sorry, Maria. Their prison puppies program actually has a higher success percentage than the general pool because of all the time the inmates can devote to them. That's interesting. I know at least one of the prisons is maximum security oh, well, with that. most of the inmates in for life. Mm. But as Bonnie said, there is certainly screening. And the puppies are taken outside for exposure. I think it's a great program, which has a positive impact on the inmates. My friend's dog, whose dog was raised in the maximum security prison, is an excellent guide. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what about 
your favorite book of all time? It's hard because there are certain books you read for certain reasons or um, they strike you in different ways. Or then there's what I call my comfort reads when I just kind of want to go back to my childhood and, you know, just need – So don't don't do a Michael Fair. You have to pick one. I think the book – He's disqualified. I think the book that – disqualified I recommend and that I absolutely did not want to end and cried – just sobbed when one of the main the main character died uh, was Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry. It was a, a Pulitzer Prize winner. I think it was 1988. It was about a cattle drive from Texas to Wyoming. And um, just the vast array of characters in the story and the other plot lines running through it. And it was just and I've spent a lot of time in Wyoming in that area and and just and of course this was the eighteen eighties, but just the book was just it was it was an epic book. You know, it was a thousand something pages, but I just I and I read it on flexible disc. I do remember that. But one of the characters, one of the main characters died in it and, and it was his own he could have lived if he had wanted to, but he didn't want that quality of life because they would have had to amputate his legs because he got. See, you're doing a real spoiler on this. I'm book. sorry, but it's a good, <laughs> but it's a great book. I highly recommend it. He did do a sequel to it, and he did a couple of prequels, which were okay. Um, Sometimes authors just overdo that. Yeah, I, I was, found that with the foundation. Isaac Asimov's Foundation mm-hmm. trilogy, I really enjoyed that. And then he started writing prequels, and it got kind yeah. of. Yeah. But I, Larry McMurtry is just one of my favorite authors. He's just he actually has a bookstore in Texas, and he wrote um, Terms of Endearment, which was uh, mm. an Oscar-winning movie starring Jack Nicholson, and Deborah Winger, and I think was it, who else was in that? Shirley MacLaine, maybe. But just a, just loved the book and the movie. They had a mini series, and that it. it stayed true to life um, with the book, which a lot of times they don't yeah. do. Jonathan Mosen, Mosen at Large Podcast. Here's Dan Faye, and he says, I've been challenged to identify my single favorite book. If you'll allow, I'll offer the name of one favorite author. Oh, well, since it's you, Dan, who specializes in Southern literature that evokes the rich region of the country and focuses on civil rights. She also writes occasionally from the New England perspective, focusing on Maine, so she's got some true diversity of knowledge. Not selecting one of her books, I'd recommend Anne Rivers Siddons, S-I-D-D-O-N-S, who's written multiple books that truly are uplifting and engaging don barrett actually i should have read this email when bonnie was here because bonnie inspired this email from don and it says i was once talking to an articulate sighted person and i asked them the following question if i took a picture of a dinner plate and then took a picture of a basketball how would i know which was which since both pictures were two-dimensional? The answer came quick and easy. Shading. Evidently, shading is a property that allows light to bend and thus 
appear to produce three dimensions in two-dimensional space. Sighted producers of tactile diagrams need to understand that you can't feel shading. So that elephant is for us a lunch meat elephant slice. (laughs) Well, there goes my appetite. All I can say is kudos to Bonnie and anyone else who can turn that slice into a real mental object. Absolutely love the podcast. Thank you for putting knowledge in our brains and smiles in our hearts. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you, Don. And here's Marilyn who has dropped an email. She's seeking some advice, and I hope someone can help Marilyn out. Marilyn says, hi, Jonathan. I heard some time back that there's a washer and dryer for which you can buy units to make them talk. They speak things like cycle name, water temperature, and minutes left in the current cycle. I cannot remember what brand they were or where to purchase the speech units. I am hoping that you know or can find out from a listener. Thanks, Marilyn. I've heard of this too, and I know it's available in the US and not here, so I don't have the knowledge to hand, but somebody may be able to help us out. Pranav Lal says, Thanks for your conclusion on the iPhone 11. Set it out, unless you absolutely need to buy it. Yes, I think that's a very good summary, Pranav. The battery on my iPhone SE is giving up. It is delivering only 70% of its original capacity. In India, I understand that Apple works differently. They are not replacing batteries. I can get aftermarket battery replacements, but I'm reluctant to do so. A friend suggested resetting the iPhone after backing it up, which should fix battery issues, but I'm not convinced. I do not want to invest in a new iPhone just now. I want fingerprint recognition. I had thought about switching to Android, but have not read good reviews of the Google Pixel lines in terms of battery consumption and phone performance. Any thoughts on what I can do? I am considering changing my OtterBox Defender for a battery case but I like my speed dots. My answer to your question is if you're absolutely adamant that replacing the phone at this point is not an option, and honestly, Face ID is fine. It's a little bit of a change. Within two weeks, it'll become so second nature for almost everybody that I've encountered anyway that you'll think, why was I so hesitant? It's no big deal at all. But if you're adamant about that, I would just get the aftermarket battery replacement. I mean, really, what have you got to lose? The... SE probably won't get updates for too much longer. So the resale value is minimal. It's unlikely that really there can be any harm. I've actually got aftermarket battery replacements for some of my kids' phones in earlier times. We don't have Apple stores in New Zealand. The aftermarket batteries are a lot cheaper. And we've had very good luck. Now, I realize that now in iOS 13, there's kind of a thing that pings you and it says, Oi! You don't have a real battery from Apple. But it doesn't stop anything. And as long as you go to somewhere reputable, you can read reviews and that sort of thing. I think aftermarket batteries should be fine, in my opinion. The talking device, says Shirley Roberts was made available for certain GE washers and dryers. And Brian Gaff confirms this as well, and he says that there was a podcast 
that was produced about this a couple of years ago. Steve Catway, as we catway over to Canada, says, Hi, Jonathan, the talking add-on is for GE washers and dryers. I considered it a couple of years ago when we had to replace our washers suddenly, but didn't go for it. I don't recall who makes the add-on, but it might be mentioned on the GE website. As for my book, The Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens, it had a profound effect on me when I studied it in high school. I could mention another one. No! But I'll abide by the rules. Good for you. Shirley Roberts has said, here is a link to an article about the GE talking device. So what I will do is put that in the show notes of the Mosin at Large podcast. So anyone who wants to can check out that link. Mosin at Large podcast. There is more technology than that produced by Apple. This may come as a surprise to some, but it's true. I mean, right now, on my desk, I have the soup drinker, for example. Stop. And and that is, of course, produced by Amazon. And they are having an event. They're having an event on the 25th of September. And the last time they had an event like this, there was a surprising array of gadgets that came out of it. They're being pretty prolific mm. on the hardware side of things. So we may well see some new and improved Echo devices. We may see some completely different types of devices that are going to be announced that have the soup drinker built in in some way. Stop. Have it built in in some way. So I'm looking forward to this, to seeing what comes next for Amazon. They're also doing something very interesting in the lossless music space. They have just announced a hi-fi unlimited service, high definition. You uh, pay a bit extra for this, but it's quite a bit cheaper than Tidal, and I believe it's also quite a bit cheaper than Deezer. And this streams in lossless CD quality for some of it and beyond CD quality for others. So you need a good bit of bandwidth. You need speakers that really can allow you to appreciate it. I personally wouldn't bother with it if you're just going to listen with an Amazon Echo. You may as well keep with the Amazon Music Unlimited service if you have that. But if you have good systems, and Sonos does support this, by the way, they do support the new high-definition music streaming service. So if you have Sonos, you have a really good Sonos system, and you want to get lossless music cheaper, it's available in the United States and some other countries as well. I think the UK's got it as well, Germany, a few others. And if it's available where you are, then it is available through Sonos and some other devices. Gino J, by the way, he says that his favorite book is a trilogy, so he's going to count that as a book. Oh, that's a bit marginal, Gino. But I get what you mean. Is uh, Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials series. That is a great read. And I must say, at uh, Angie Matney's recommendation, I did listen to the audio version of that from Audible. So thank you, Angie Matney from the great state of Virginia. Angie Matney from the great yeah. state of Virginia. Yeah. I read that in the Christmas. I remember it. I, I read it in the Christmas uh, holidays of 2011. And oh my goodness, I loved that series. Just loved that series. The end broke my heart. If you're a fan of the Archers, 
the BBC radio series. The uh, It's got Alison Dowling in it, who plays Elizabeth. I really did enjoy the audible version of his dark materials a lot. Oh, boy. Love that. Thank you for mentioning it, Gino, because I couldn't mention it myself, because I'm sticking to the rules, and I've already picked my one book. Mystery solved. You can rest easy in your beds. Peggy Kern has the answer. She says, now I know why. I don't see anything about noise and hearing on my watch. It is for watch series four and later. And I, says Peggy, have a series three. And that explains why I don't have it either, Peggy. I missed that memo. I'm waiting until the cellular one becomes available in New Zealand when our carriers get their act together and support eSIM. So I haven't upgraded beyond three yet. And so that explains it. There you go. Now, this podcast is based on the Mosin Explosion radio show on Mushroom FM, which goes out live at 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. UK on a Saturday. That's 6 a.m. in New Zealand on a Sunday morning at the moment until all the clocks go strange. Next week on the Mosin Explosion, we're going to be featuring Abbey Road. We've actually done... 50th anniversary celebratory programs for every Beatles album over the last few years. And it's gotten even more exciting in recent times since the Beatles started remixing their material. We've got the Abbey Road remix, extremely excited about that. What it does mean, though, is that, of course, there's going to be an awful lot of music in next week's show, so we may not have a podcast next week. We may, if there's enough material that can put a podcast together, but we may not. And so if you don't hear from us until two weeks from now, that is why. So I encourage you to join me for a look behind the scenes at Abbey Road. We'll be playing you the album remixed and tell you the stories of each track and give you a lot of information. It is one of the most significant albums of all time. And there you have it. Another edition of the Mosin at Large podcast is done. Thank you so much for your company. That contact information again, 864-60-MOSIN is the number, 864-606-6736, or email me, jonathan at mushroomfm.com. Mosin.